story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama G Hello everybody And welcome to Storytime with Mama G. I am your beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful host, Mama G herself. And you are my beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful audience. And I am very delighted that you are able to join me today. Now, I have a brand new story for you. Out of the excitement of interviewing the wonderful and beautiful and gorgeous Michelle Robinson last week. I hope you all enjoyed the interview. If you haven't listened, turn back time, as Cher would say, and have a listen. Because it's a lovely interview and she's a lovely person. But I have, yes, a new story for you today. Now, I almost didn't write this story, although it's been sat in my mind for a little while. But uh, last week, uh, a rather important lady in America called Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And I thought I might write a story about her because she was somewhat incredible. So I did some research into her because, of course, she's not terribly well known here in the UK. And uh, I discovered that there were some things about her that I didn't agree with. So I decided not to write the story. But... I have written a story about the power of a strong woman and we will discuss Ruth Bader Ginsburg later on. But for now, I'm going to leave you with one of her quotes before I tell you the story. Uh, the quote is, Reading is the key that opens doors to many good things in life. Reading shaped my dreams and more reading helped me make my dreams come true. Well... Isn't that lovely? But now I'm going to make my dreams come true by reading for all of you. This is a brand new story and it is called Marjorie Muddlebum, Super Heroine. Marjorie Muddlebum lives on a farm. Marjorie Muddlebum does no harm. Marjorie Muddlebum's quiet as a mouse until Marjorie Muddlebum leaves the house. Marjorie Muddlebum was an old lady, the sort that you get all over the place. She would dress head to toe in brown, brown hat, brown cardi, brown calf-length pleated skirt and always... A pair of sensible brown shoes. She was short, walked with a stick, peered over her glasses, and had the biggest bum you've ever seen. In fact, her bum was so big, people often muddled it for bean bags or beach balls. But, despite her big bum, no one ever noticed Marjorie. She could go into the green grocers, do a week's worth of shopping, ask the grocer about his family, have difficulty counting out her money. But when she left, no one would be able to record her being there. She'd go back to the farm and carry on with her quiet life, 
like she'd never been into town at all. And she liked that no one paid her any attention when she went out. Her bum had got her a lot of attention when she was younger, and not the good kind. And she had not liked it. People had called her names, names I'm not going to repeat. But let's just say, Muddlebum is not her actual last name. So, Marjorie had got quite used to her own company. But she did wonder what it would be like to be friends with people, rather than the few animals that lived with her on the farm. Or what it might be like to have fallen in love. And, very occasionally, what Nicki Minaj had that she didn't. But what she thought about the most was how she didn't want anyone else to have to wonder the things that she wondered. She wanted everyone else to love themselves, and for themselves to be loved by everyone else. And she didn't know it, but this was her superpower. One day, Marjorie was thinking this thought very hard on the bus into town, in fact, she was so wrapped up in her thoughts that she didn't even notice that she turned round and said, Stop it! to the girl who was laughing at another girl for having cornrows. To be fair, the girl didn't notice either and carried on laughing at the hairstyle. Marjorie suddenly realised what she'd done. Normally, she'd turn back round and go back to minding her own business. But today... She couldn't. Marjorie could tell this wasn't the first time this girl had been laughed at. But Marjorie vowed it would be the last. And she would be the woman to stop the laughter. Well, not all laughter. Some laughter is good. Just not this kind of laughter. Marjorie didn't know what was coming over her. But as they all got off the bus... The laughing girl started to chase the other one, and before she knew it, Marjorie had reached out her stick and tripped the laughing girl up. The laughing girl tried to get back on her feet, but Marjorie wasn't done. She heaved her big buttocks up into the air, and as she let them go, they knocked the girl back down to the ground, and Marjorie sat on her. Marjorie peered over her glasses and watched the girl's victim run into the distance. They sat there for a while. You see, there was a slight problem. Marjorie had no idea what to do next. Who are you? said the girl, struggling to get her words out. Oh, um, Miss Marjorie muddled... Uh, no, <laughs> me... I'm your worst nightmare. What? A maths test? laughed the girl. No. I'm every person who's ever been laughed at because of who they are. And then Marjorie started to unravel. Her mouth was talking faster than she could think. But it was all very effective. All of that laughter. It's given me strength. It's given me the power to be who I am now. Yes, it did make me think that I should be invisible. But your laugh was the laugh that unlocked me. Now, I am Super Marge, and I seek 
Vengeance! Oh no, the girl was getting panicky. What are you going to do to me? Don't hurt me, please. I'll change. Hurt you, said Marjorie. Oh no, sweetheart. I've only been set on you so long because I can't get up. Any chance of a hand? Marjorie rolled herself off the now rather flat person and waited while she pumped some air back into her lungs. When the girl had got her breath back, she helped Marjorie to her feet. Well, um, it was nice to meet you, I think, the girl said, walking away. Oh no, said Marjorie, you're coming with me. And she hooked her stick around the girl's neck and marched her in the direction that the girl with cornrows had run. What's this place? said the girl. It's an Afro-Caribbean hair shop, and if you look through the window, you'll see a girl in tears having her cornrows taken out. She's crying because of you. But I'll bet she's also crying because now she feels like she needs to change something about herself that she used to love. Before Marjorie had finished her sentence, the girl was already walking into the shop and apologising. It was like the girl was in a trance. Marjorie saw the two girls hug, and Super Marge knew that her job was done. When the two girls looked through the window, Marjorie was gone. But this time, she was not forgotten. People in the town still talk about Super Marge, because that was the first of many great deeds that she did. Whether it was two men being teased for holding hands, a lady being told that she was stupid, or a Chinese takeaway having to clean racism off the walls. Super Marge would always appear, and with a peer over her glasses, a flick of her stick, and a heave of her buttocks, she taught the bullies a lesson they would never forget. And she made her town a better place. But still, only Marjorie knew. Marjorie Muddlebum lives on a farm. Marjorie Muddlebum does no harm. Marjorie Muddlebum's quiet as a mouse until Marjorie Muddlebum leaves the house. When she becomes Marjorie Muddlebum, superheroine. you enjoyed that story i might change the name of it i might call it super marge let me know what you think do you prefer marjorie muddlebum superheroine or super marge uh, you can let me know on facebook instagram oh no that's it you can let me know on facebook and instagram you just need to search for at mamma g stories and whilst you're there of course my darlings you can follow me and like my pages and find out all the exciting things that I'm going to be getting up to soon. And there are exciting things coming up, which I am, of course, very excited about. Um, now, let me just explain the reason 
that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the inspiration for that story about a strong woman who stands up for injustices that she sees being wrought against other people is because that is basically what Ruth Bader Ginsburg is famous for. So she was a judge in America and she was obviously a female judge and she um, did amazing things standing up for women's rights and uh, abortion rights and LGBT rights and equality uh, in for a lot of people. And she became one of the very few Supreme Court, well, she, maybe she was the Supreme Court Justice or maybe, well, she became very one of the very few women um, in uh, the American judicial system. And even when she was a lot younger, because she was 87 when she died and she was still in post, uh, when she was a lot younger, she was one of the very, very few women who taught law to uh, universities. Uh, and her influence over modern law was very impactful on um, women getting equal pay and equal rights in uh, the work environment, but also uh, men getting uh, rights to paternity leave, etc., etc. Uh, now, one of the reasons I decided not to write a story about her is because on some fundamental things, she and I uh, would not have seen eye to eye, uh, such as she voted against um, a particular tribe of Native Americans having a historical right to their land, and she criticised some sports stars when they ref uh, took the knee, um, which happened, well, it started happening a few years ago, but it became particularly prevalent during the Black Lives Matter campaign earlier in the year. And because uh, I didn't feel entirely comfortable with some aspects of her career, I decided not to write the story, but she did inspire me to write the story of my very own dear Marjorie Muddlebum, who has been on my mind for a little while now and I think represents what I think a feminist superhero would look like. In fact, if you think you might know what um, Marjorie Muddlebum looks like when she's being a superhero, why not send me a picture, which you can also do via Facebook and Instagram. Indeed you can. Uh, and now uh, it's time for the book of the week. Now, the book of the week did inspire some of my Marjorie Muddlebum story. And I was introduced to the book of the week uh, a couple of weeks ago. So a fortnight ago, shall we say, to stay, save me repeating week all the time. When I was on the panel for, an, for some auditions for a, a very exciting show that I can't wait to tell you about. And hopefully I'll be able to tell you about it next week. I just want to tell the world. But for the auditions, we ask people to prepare an excerpt from their favourite story. And uh, one of the people auditioning told us the story about a girl called Kemi who has a beautiful afro. And every Sunday she gets really excited because she's going to change her hair into something else amazing. And I don't know what the end of the story is because we only asked for an excerpt. But this lady who told the story did such a wonderful job. And I think one of the reasons she did a wonderful job is because she's A, very talented, and B, because this book that she was reading from is 
an incredibly good book. Now, the book is called Love Thy Fro, and it's written by Casey Alicia, and it's illustrated by Alice Cummings. And it is about a girl called Kemi, like I said, who uh, deals with her hair and uh, all the trials and tribulations um, that she's put through with it. Now, obviously, I don't have a lot of experience with hair, my darlings. My hair, literally, I, I, uh, I, I put it on and I take it off. That's what I do. And then underneath, well, the less you see, the better. But some people in uh, certain communities, especially in the African-American community or the Afro-Caribbean community, um, their hair is an incredibly important part of who they are. And it's also, um, it's, it's quite, a, it can be quite a contentious thing, I think. It's, it's very, culturally, it's a, it's a very serious matter. And I, from what I can tell, sometimes people, this is another way that people are bullied about being who they are because their hair is too big or their hair's done in a particular way and other cultures don't understand it. And from what I've been reading this week, uh, sometimes that can take a lot of people, quite a lot of time to come to terms with because their hair is something that is so representative of who they are and that they take so much pride in. So to suddenly have people taking the mickey out of it is not very nice, of course. And Love Thy Fro was written in 2015, and the lady who came into audition said it was her daughter's favourite book because it helped her daughter love her hair. And I think that any book that helps you love something that's an intrinsic part of you is really, really special. So I've not read this book. I have heard a little bit of it and I've tried to see if you can buy it. But everywhere it's saying it's currently unavailable. Um. But if you do find a copy of it in your local library, perhaps you could sign it out and have a read of it because it does seem like a rather marvellous and a very important book. And also, and this is very exciting, and it does tie in with why we were having auditions, is this book was self-published by Casey. And that takes a lot of work to self-publish something. And the illustrations by Alice Cummings are absolutely beautiful. And um, But also they turned it into a musical. Isn't that marvellous? And they've done it twice. And once they did it with a little spot of crowdfunding. And then another time they did it with Arts Council funding, which means it's getting taken very seriously now. So they did it last year. So I'm really hoping that soon we might be able to go and see Love Thy Fro. And it's by a British author. Um, well, I assume British. Uh, what I mean by that is not American. And uh, they were, when the show was put on in Peckham, which is a, an area of London that has a very special place in my heart. So everything about this book just came together perfectly. And I'd like to say a big thank you to the lady who came into the audition last week wielding this book, Love Thy Fro, by Casey Alicia and Alice Cummings. Do go and look it up. Well, thank you so much for joining me, you beautiful people, for another episode of Storytime with Mama G. Don't forget, you can join me next week for another story, some more books of the week and other marvellous things. Just, you know, general witterings on. But in the meantime, don't forget you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Mama G Stories. I am also 
on YouTube, which is all rather marvellous. Search for at Mamma G Stories there as well. And very soon you will be able to see me live and in person again. Woo! I think the first thing we have coming up is Mamma G's Storytime Spooktacular. Ooh! At the Stanley Halls in South Norwood, South London. That's going to be on October the 30th. It's at 5pm. Tickets are £5 or pay what you can. What a potential bargain. And I'll be telling Halloween-inspired stories and also one of my favourite stories for reasons which will make sense nearer the time, I do hope. And don't forget, you can also go to woodville.co.uk and buy tickets to see me in Rapunzel at the Woodville Theatre in Gravesend. We'll be doing Panto there from the 11th of December to the 3rd of January, so do come down and join me. Uh, for everything else, keep an eye on my Facebook and my Instagram, and I will see you all very soon. Goodbye! It's story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time with Mama G.